0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome back to the Space Hour. Here on Federal News Network, I'm Eric White. The expansion of commercial space activities is driving the need for advanced software and digital platforms that require vast amounts of data processing and computing power, and that demand can come at a cost to the environment. All that data needing to be processed can carry a heavy footprint. To learn how perhaps things could get a little more sustainable, I was able to speak with Stephen Carlini. He's Vice President of Innovation and Data Centers at Schneider Electric.
1: Schneider Electric is a quite established company, nearly 200 years old. Uh, started uh, making cannonballs way back when. Uh, pivoted a lot over the years. Uh, currently, our focus is on energy management in four end markets uh, buildings, industry, grid and data centers, which I've been spending most of my time in the last few years.
0: And so as the space industry expands a little bit, um, you're making the case that it should include data centers. Tell me about what the link is between those two subjects.
1: Sure, sure. So there's, everyone's familiar with cloud data centers on the IT side, you know, use your phone, Mm -hmm. you know, you download information, you upload information from the cloud. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is there's also a cloud on the telco network. So it's very very similar type of cloud um, uh, computers, you know, running running all of the applications that process everything you do with communications. And as that's evolving into you know from the 3G to 4G and now coming up on on 5G and eventually 6G, uh, data centers are data center architectures. Uh, Play a very pivotal role. So you see the base stations and these towers and 4G that are, you know, every few miles. Uh, with 5G, you're going to see more and more of those towers and more and more of those base stations. So there's a lot more processing involved, you know, with 5G because it can do, do a lot more things. There's a thing called um, network uh, splicing, for example, where you could run six. You know discrete bands within the single band so you have different channels in different criticalities where you can have different applications so as we evolve from okay. 4g to 5g the data center network um uh, at, at the at the core at the metro level and especially at the edge is is going to ex- be expanding so right now there's about five million of these Uh, base stations, you know, within the world, um, with 5g, there's going to be, there's going to be probably another seven and a half million more of those. And they're going to be popping up on rooftops and basements and car parks, uh, pretty much, pretty much everywhere.
0: And so what does that mean for the infrastructure in space? I imagine more hardware on the ground probably means a little bit more up in space as well.
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, we talked about 5g and the projection, you know, if, if we started right now, Um, and we wanted to cover the globe with with high-band 5G, which is the millimeter-wave 5G, which is the ultra-reliable, low-latency 5G. Um, You know, it would take roughly roughly 10 years and a couple of trillion dollars to to put in that infrastructure. It's very, very complicated. So one of the alternatives is to build a a network that's interoperable with these low-Earth orbiting satellites that are being put up. Um, so we could eliminate, you know, a lot of the uh, infrastructure that's going to be on the ground. Terrestrial, they're calling it as so, a new, you know, they're they're talking about the, you know, the space, the space portion and the portion of it's uh, on the ground. That that that's that's interesting. So, um, you know, it's 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 an exciting and it's new technology to have these these uh, low Earth orbiting satellites that are relatively inexpensive to deploy and they and they operate you know three hundred kilometers you know high, and they they rotate you know around around the globe around it takes about an hour and a half for them to to rotate or possibly grow so the idea and there's you know the the top business you know moguls of our generation all are all you know are all filing for you know for permits to put as many of these satellites into space as, as possible so it's 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 really exciting because they say about it's going to take about you know 1,000 satellites to to cover you know globe for um, internet type of communication so instead of getting your 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 service from like a you know a provider that you're you're used to like at and t or Verizon you may be getting it from like SpaceX in the
0: future you know we've heard all kinds of ideas about ways to expand many networks uh, whether it's uh, you know you've heard drones flying over the earth you know that's sort of similar to a low orbit satellite what are the other benefits from that you know that maybe be way up against obviously you know that means less hardware it's probably you know less energy uh you you mentioned cost already are there other benefits that come with using this method instead
1: well We're talking about this method, you know, like it's going to be ubiquitous. It's going to be at the beginning, uh, mainly for underserved areas. So underserved areas, and also areas that are tough to get to, like 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 airplanes, you know, for example, you know, cruise ships, uh, you you know, mining sites. You know, uh, drilling, drilling rigs, uh, things like that. So th- th- they're going to be the primary uh, beneficiaries of this this architecture at the beginning, and it's mainly going to be positioned as a as a backup in case the terrestrial kind of network uh, has problems. It'll be more of a failover. So the benefits, you know, you know, are going to be where, where areas where it's really tough to deploy this. You know this this new architecture which i which i was talking about the 5g architecture was going to require a whole new you know radio antenna network a new RAN network that's you know very complicated with small cells and and it's it's going to um help you know mitigate the comp the the complexity of that but also provide service for these underserved or hard to service areas
0: and when it comes to how much data processing is being used now, um, for, you know, whether it's rockets or satellites, um, what are the ways that you've, that you've seen in the industry that they're, um, doing to process all of that data?
1: Well, it's interesting. You're hearing, you're hearing things like the, uh, um, a few years ago, they made a lot of, a lot of, uh, raised a lot of eyebrows that, you know, for a single flight you know some of these airplanes were generating you know two 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 terabytes of data and the newer planes that are coming out now on a flat average flight are four or five terabytes of data and you know in the future the newer planes they're going to be you know 20 or 30 terabytes of data but this data really isn't isn't processed it's 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 a lot of uh data uh regarding kind of the performance and the temperature and, you know of the of the engines so it's really not even transmitted it's kept on the plane and then it's downloaded you know at the airport and then it's bundled together with other data then it's shipped off you know via like some kind of transport to a to a data center where it's stored and it's not really stored you know on you know on flash memory to be easily accessible it's stored in case there's a problem in the future and you know you have to access the data then you can go back and look at you know what what the data was leading up to that failure uh where, where there is a lot of data being processed is in the flight navigation and control so the newer the newer planes are actually transmitting a lot of data uh having to do with the weather you know the um um, the uh, the winds you know the the, the the loading and it's rerouting the planes as much as it can you know in flight so there's a lot of that going on but as far as like all of the the maintenance data and the and the things that people are talking about that data really isn't processed that 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 heavily.
0: And what kind of energy implications does all of that that you just discussed have, um, you know, as far as uh, the amount of that is needed just to transport that data and, you know, whether it's processed or not?
1: Yeah. So, so the, you know, the, the stress on, on the networks, you know, is, is the one that's, you know, you know the unintended consequence. You know of COVID was that you know that uh, the you know all the data networks had a lot more traffic at different times of the day, and that was really stressing out uh, the uh, the network architecture more than kind of the data center uh, you know infrastructure with storage and you know processing. It was more on the it was more on the transmit side. So beeping up the transmit side on the on the network architectures, they you know what happened was they added a lot more capacity, you know, on four g. and because you know because of the you know governments were distracted with you know things they had to do to support you know the pandemic, there there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of focus on you know um building out or granting permits for the for the five g architecture. and now, you're seeing a shortage of of microprocessors that are you know kind of delaying the the build out even further so you know i would say that the 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 consequence of of the data being generated the new applications you know it's moving more and more processing to the edge so a lot of the data that's generated by you know autonomous cars for example and smart traffic and smart utilities all of that data just has to be processed you know, you know, in real time, and, you know, very little of that data is stored. You know, example, you know, a car coming to an intersection, you know, which car gets to go first if they're driving themselves. You know, you don't need that data, you know, after, you know, after you've determined who needs to go next. So so there's a lot of data being generated, but uh, not a lot of it's being, being stored. I think it's an exciting time. I think the, uh, um, you know, the number of these you know these multi-access uh, edge or mobile edge cloud; these small data centers. Um, like I was talking, you know, there's still going to be a large number of those. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna have to be very very efficient. You know, Schneider, we we value efficiency uh, a lot for ourselves. We were we were voted, you know, by uh, uh, the number one um, company in the world for sustainability and we're taking what we've learned by making you know our own operations sustainable and making it uh, available to a lot of our customers so for edge data centers um so that that award was from corporate nights it was this year so so for corporate data centers it's more about services we're helping a lot of companies do their their carbon road mapping Uh, we're looking at the different emissions you know, from their data centers, and we're helping them identify areas um, to make things more efficient, uh, manage their resources, uh, be friendlier to water uses, for example, uh, looking at uh, circular materials, looking at all of the resources within the data center. On the smaller edge sites, which we're going to have to deploy at scale, you know, we're going to have to, you know, make sure that when we're deploying these, that they are as efficient as possible. They're using the batteries that are recyclable, the easiest uh, possible way that lasts the longest. We're gonna have to manage those with cloud-based software. So looking at you know thousands of sites, you're gonna need a cloud-based management system. You're gonna need uh, some sophisticated APIs. Um, you're going to need some some AI to manage all of those to make sure that they're they're operating um, as efficiently as possible. And there's going to be so many sites you're not going to have IT people there, so you're going to have to use creative ways uh, to maintain those. So maybe some kind of virtual reality of guiding people if, if they have to go to the site to, to to make some changes. So there's a lot of you know there's a lot of uh, Models that will have to be changed, you know at the edge and And you know we've been focused on on working on 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 making sure that you know edge data centers can be uh, deployed you know at scale in a sustainable way and uh, reliable.